Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field and Wes, one day closer to the Packers week three matchup in Washington, the nation's capital. It is a noon central time kickoff at FedEx Field and the Packers are going to be getting a player back on yeah. their active roster this week for this game, and I'm talking about second-year running back Aaron Jones, one of the three running backs drafted uh, in 2017 by Green Bay. And um, as we've talked about a lot, he's a young guy who brings a different explosive dimension, you might say, to the Packers' running game. Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, They've done a fantastic job, I think, the first two weeks of the season, particularly in pass protection. I highlighted some of those in my What You Might Have Missed segment this week on the website. So if you missed it, ha, check it out. But, uh, <laughs> um, but Aaron Jones, this is, uh, this is not only another option for the Packers in the backfield, but uh, the potential game-breaker type of guy, don't you think? Yeah, Mike, and, and there's just some incredible statistics about him and in the times in which he played last year. And, I, you know, I was – Looking at a couple things, and I mean, just the productivity when he was on the field, when he did get touches. Um, even in a game, I think it was what, Tampa Bay, correct me if I'm wrong there, where he only had that one carry for 20, 25 yards. In, in overtime, touchdown. yeah, the 20 yard touchdown in overtime, first time he touched the ball all day long. Right, yeah. and it, it's things like that where you know, Jamal Williams got going in that game as well. I, I wrote about this in Inbox for Wednesday, and that, uh, or for Thursday, excuse me, and that. All three of those guys, when they have them all healthy, and, and that hasn't always happened so far, but that's when this backfield is at its best. You're right. Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery have been phenomenal in pass protection. I, I asked Aaron Rodgers about that, and he, he mentioned how Williams, the, the game tape that he put together, just fantastic as far as from a teaching element uh, in that game against the Vikings. But Aaron Jones does bring a different dimension. He's an explosive football player. He's a guy that if you give him an inch, he's going to take a yard. And he, the way he really came on at the end of midway through last season and seeing him really yep. flourish when he did get the opportunities. And then also the fact that, you know, he dealt with that hamstring injury in training camp where he didn't really get a lot of shots until the end of it. But I thought that Kansas City game in specific really showed you that Aaron Jones is still the player that we saw last season. Yeah, you mentioned the hamstring injury he dealt with in training camp. I think that's the reason in a lot of ways that Jones is going to have to earn his snaps. He's going to have to kind of steal yeah. that playing time back from Montgomery and Williams just strictly from a preparation standpoint in terms of that making that jump from year one to year two, particularly in pass protection, right. which is the toughest thing for a young running back coming into the NFL from college to learn, he missed a lot of valuable preparation time. Let's be honest, that hamstring injury kept him out of a lot of padded practices during training camp. He missed the first two preseason games, was just kind of getting back into things in the third preseason game. In the fourth one in Kansas City, he showed us that same Aaron Jones that we saw as a rookie when the ball was in his hands. Right. But then now it's also going to be picking up those blitzes and doing all those other things that go into being a three down back. He's going to have to earn it because Ty Montgomery and 
Jamal Williams haven't done anything necessary to, necessarily to lose the playing time that they have earned. Yeah, and it came up in inbox too when I was going through some of the questions. Somebody mentioned, you know, everyone talks about Aaron Jones. What about Ty Montgomery getting more opportunities? I mean, Montgomery's averaging 5.5 yards a clip right now as a rusher, and then obviously what he offers as a pass catcher. Um, the downside to having all three of those guys available <laughs> is you can't get all three of them on the field at the same time. It's only one football. So there's going to be some juggling the Packers are going to have to do, but I just like the home run threat that, that Aaron Jones provides provides especially in early down situations he's the kind of guy that can take those third and sevens and make them third and fives or third and fours uh, and you know shorten things up for an offense so uh, the, the other aspect of this too you make some great points in terms of the time you missed in training camp but for my liking if there's any position and I'm not saying it's good to miss time in training camp but if there's any position where I think it's a little bit more forgiving it is running back okay. because a lot of this thing is mental as you said it is the pass pro it is being able to get those fundamentals down but how many times Mike have we seen guys around the league uh, I mean I think Le'Veon Bell last year is probably the best example of it not have any reps during training camp and then really hit the ground running once once week one comes around now Bell's at a different stage in his career than, sure. than Aaron Jones is but I think it's an opportunity for him, Mike, when he does get in there, to really be able to get back on that bicycle and keep that momentum going that he was able to develop last season. Yeah, I think the only reason I'm being somewhat cautious in terms of maybe what the expectation should be for him playing time-wise coming right back is that pass protection is always such an important part of it, but Aaron Rodgers is also not the fully mobile right. Aaron Rodgers 100%. that we've seen. Right. So that also has to factor into the coach's decisions in terms of, you know, certain play packages and the playing time and who needs to be on the field in certain instances. So we'll just have to see how it unfolds. But I like the fact that Aaron Jones is coming back. I felt, you know, once we saw him, quite frankly, in the Dallas game last year, which was Aaron Rodgers, you know, last really memorable game, obviously, right. of 2017 and what he did in that game. I've been waiting to see Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and, you know, the impact that he can have in terms of how defenses have to react to him along with everything Aaron Rodgers can do. And quite frankly, we just haven't seen that yet. No, exactly. And it is interesting, though, because, you know, we always talk about it being a numbers game and we can focus on those three running backs. The Packers also did keep Darius Jackson here, too. Uh, he was the guy that they claimed off, or I should say they ended up signing from the practice squad of the Dallas right. Cowboys during week one. Uh, and I think there were some people thinking, okay, well, Aaron's when Aaron Jones is back, we'll see what happens with Jackson. Packers thought enough of him to have him involved as well. I thought he did some good things on special teams. So uh, it's a deep group. There's a lot of options there. And the fortunate thing as far as the Packers and in, in taking this next step with Jones, there's a lot of flexibility in how they want to approach it. Yeah, all right. Well, before we get to a couple other topics, Topics, Wes, a little sponsor business. It's time to enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting for complete rules and eligibility. Go to Packers.com slash Best Seats. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Okay, sticking on the topic of young players and development. The Packers' two rookie cornerbacks, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, 
We've talked a lot about them already. They're certainly off to a great start in their NFL careers, but their responsibilities might crank up just a bit this week because it sounds like second-year cornerback Kevin King is not going to be available with that groin injury. So they've gotten a lot of playing time already, and they may be getting even more. Yeah, and then the other thing, too, at the time in which we're taping this, uh, the Packers have yet to practice on Thursday, but Devon House also popped up on the injury report with a biceps injury. He was estimated as limited Wednesday. So uh, he was actually the first guy up originally when King went out and then as the game went on they started to use Alexander out there as well the the nice thing for the Packers here is I mean if there is a silver lining to it because I don't think you can just replace King and what he provides as a shutdown guy outside right but Alexander and Josh Jackson both have had experience uh, Joe Witt Jr. did a phenomenal job throughout training camp of rotating those guys inside and outside to give them some looks. And Alexander feels just as comfortable outside as as I think a lot of people who project him as a nickel slot cornerback. And he was even asked a little bit. Actually, he wasn't even asked about it. He brought it up on his own accord on Wednesday saying that people say I'm short. I'm not short. I'm average size. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, he has that chip on his shoulder. He admits he carries that chip on his yeah. shoulder. And he wants to go up against those 6'3", 6'4", receivers to show that with his athleticism and the way he attacks the game, he can cover those type of players. He has that kind of swagger and that confidence. And Josh Jackson, I mean, he made a living off of that in the Big Ten with eight interceptions a year ago. Yeah. So depending on what the availability is for House and if if uh, if King truly isn't able to go in this game, they're going to be leaning on those two young cornerbacks, and especially even more so now that they ended up letting go of Deontay Burton. So they have five corners on the roster and potentially – one, if not two, might not be in the, the playbook for Sunday. Yeah, well, as I had mentioned earlier in the week, I think one of the things that was that was lost somewhat in all the controversy over Clay Matthews, the roughing the passer that wiped out Alexander's interception, was just how difficult a play that was that he made to yeah. catch that ball. As I mentioned, it was kind of an over-the-shoulder Willie Mays type of catch, and he made it look awfully easy. I mean, I, there are a lot of times cornerbacks are in that situation, and you know they haven't necessarily been you know that center fielder type tracking right. a, a fly ball, and it, it's not easy to do. And He made it look pretty easy. Um, I thought that was a really impressive play on his part. And then He's a pretty entertaining guy with reporters around his locker. He was actually asked towards the end of uh, his group interview on Wednesday about the touchdown pass at the end of the fourth quarter where he was guarding Adam Thielen. Kentrell Bryce was the safety trying to come over the top, kind of a convergence of three guys, and Thielen makes this diving catch right by the pylon for a touchdown. And he just kind of looked like, yeah, that play doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> I don't really remember it. And obviously he's joking about cornerbacks needing to have a short-term memory in this league. So, But trust me, he's looked at the film. If there's anything that he feels he could have or should have done differently, he's filed that away in uh, in his memory bank. Th this is why I've said this before, Mike. I think there's two types of confidence. There's the, the stuff that just builds you up for the sake of building you up. Yeah. And then there's the true, I have confidence that if you run that play back, I'm going to make it you know, nine times out of ten, and maybe that's the one that they got me on. Jair Alexander has that, and, and I wrote an inbox Thursday. I don't know if I can think of anybody, and maybe if you can, please jump right in, but I don't know if I can think of anyone, at least during my time on the beat, a rookie that's coming and been more comfortable in his own skin than Alexander. I he, think if I were to say one, and I'll just jump in here yeah. for a second, if I were to say one, it might be Greg Jennings in 2006. Sure, I wasn't here. When, yeah, yeah, when, when he, when he came in as a rookie in 2006 and the way he was running routes on the practice field, catching passes from Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for that matter at that time, 
you just looked at it and go, boy, this guy really belongs. And then he stood at his locker and answered questions in front of the media like he was a five, six-year veteran. It, it was pretty impressive how he came on the scene, obviously had a very productive career. And he was coming from Western Michigan, too. Yeah. You know, not, the, yeah, the he was powerhouse back right, then. Right, right. Uh, but but th that's the thing, though. The confidence can go so far, and I think yeah. it's big for those skill position players or on defense – the positions that are defending those skill guys and Alexander, uh, I just I love the way there's a fine line there. I get that between confidence, swagger, and arrogance. But I just I think he really straddles that well, and I think in the long term that's going to make him a better football player. That's going to make him an elite cornerback if his skills meet up with the development that the Packers envision he can have at that position because. You have to have a short memory. It is a cliche, but you cannot let those things bog you down. You have to go out there and attack the play the same way. You can ask Tremont Williams that. You can ask Ha-Ha yeah. Clinton Dix. Any veteran defensive back in this league has to be able to wipe the slate clean and take that next step forward. Yeah, and I think we saw that in what I remember a, a really impressive sequence in the preseason game in Oakland. And I right. don't like to put too much into into preseason action you know that but when it comes to rookies and guys trying to feel their way these things can matter that game in Oakland the very first play Derek Carr chucks it deep to Amari Cooper and you know Cooper out jumps Alexander deep down the middle big play Alexander just he gets up and shakes it off he's already got the mentality of hey sometimes these guys are going to make plays right. I'm not going to be able to stop everything the next is either the next series or the series after Oakland is driving for a touchdown. Carr tries to go deep over the middle to a different receiver, and Alexander just jumps up and makes the pick by the goal line. And you're kind of like, wow. I mean, you talk about being able to shake off a potentially right. difficult moment for a young guy giving up a big play on the first play of the game. It didn't phase him at all. And no. we, we continue to see that with him. And I think to a certain extent we've seen it with Jackson as well. Absolutely. He just doesn't talk about it as yeah. much because he's a different personality type. But these guys are really starting to understand and feel like they belong. They've had that confidence from the beginning, and uh, the more they continue to play and do their thing and learn what goes on in this league, I think the more confident they become. The thing I love about Jackson is he basically has the same mindset, except it's more with an introverted yeah. sort of personality. I like agree. You can go to Josh Jackson and talk about things, and he's uber confident about what he can do, and, and, and he answers questions, I yeah. think, really well. It's just that he isn't as demonstrative or yeah. just isn't quite as charismatic as I think Alexander carries himself with. But True. at the end of the day, you see the parallels in their games. And, and I think why they've actually clicked personality-wise uh, during these first you know five, six months that they've been together in Green Bay and why I think the Packers in the long term feel really good about that position, especially if they can get Kevin King past some of these injuries that he's been dealing with. Yeah, well, we'll see how that unfolds at, at that position because in the coming weeks here, uh, the Packers are, will certainly continue to adjust with whatever gets thrown their way. One other topic I want to get to today, Wes, before we go, and that's uh, some of the thoughts from Aaron Rodgers at his locker on Wednesday. Now, he talked a lot about the uh, the toughness aspect of things, both from an injury standpoint and with regards to these roughing the passer calls. And I don't want to revisit all the stuff with Matthews and the roughing the passer. I, if anybody wants to go back to our Monday and Tuesday shows, I think we, <laughs> we exhausted <laughs> that topic for now. But with regards to Rodgers and his knee injury, 
something that's going to be interesting to watch here because he didn't exactly say, you know, well, I feel much better this Wednesday than I did last Wednesday at this time. He's in some ways still waiting to see if if continuing to play on this knee if it's potentially going to get worse and he's going to have more to deal with or if it is going to heal up a little bit and get better. Now, as we talked about, he had way more mobility in the Vikings game right. than we thought that he would going going into it. But then it looks like now that's something to watch on a week-to-week basis here because there's really th- there's no blueprint exactly for how this knee injury, whatever right. strange thing it is, is going to react to what Rodgers does with it on the field. So something to keep an eye on, once again, starting Sunday in Washington. Yeah, and, and, and Rodgers didn't want to get too much into the, the rehab and the plan. The, the one thing that I think everyone's sort of on the same page about is they basically are keeping the same script as last week. Uh, Thursday's practice, sitting out of that, Again, being in the rehab group, we'll see what his availability is and if he could potentially do work again on Saturday like he did last week. The The only part of this that I think kind of got blown out of proportion is he was asked if he's concerned at all that the knee injuries could get worse throughout the course of the season. And he said, yeah, and that kind of got started being push notifications for different media outlets and that. I really didn't like that because to, yeah. to me – he was just answering the question. Well, certainly there's a concern it's going to get worse. If if you were at playing racquetball <laughs> and you hurt your hand like you did last year, aren't you concerned the next day later that, hey, maybe something will happen that will get worse? Yeah. yeah, that's a natural thing. I don't think Rodgers was – I think the way it was presented is that there's a, there's a concern there. I, I think the concern is just what the concern is. It's not anything over and above that. But to your original point, you're right – this is the, the Packers are kind of everyone's in the same boat here yeah. in terms of trying to understand okay if he plays on this what is it going to mean for Buffalo what is it going to mean for Detroit and we just have to wait and see and the biggest thing as Mike McCarthy said on Thursday morning is that it comes down to the communication with Rodgers Dr. Pat McKenzie and the training staff mm-hmm. you can't just have one player walk into there with an injury walk into the training room with an injury the doctors tell him what to do and he goes back into the locker room and that's the plan there has to be a back and forth Rodgers has been working with McKenzie for 14 years now those yeah. two have such a big rapport and ultimately that's going to be what's going to really tell the Packers and tell Rodgers what he's going to be able to do having that back and forth yeah and I think we have to we have to also realize that uh for the sake of Aaron Rodgers' left knee, the first full game after the injury, playing in overtime and yeah, all those extra minutes, snaps right. didn't ne- didn't necessarily help things. So, um, okay, let's just make it a 60-minute game instead <laughs> of a 70-minute one on Sunday. How about that? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's going to be the big thing is to see how this plays yeah. out. Certainly we didn't see him on practice, in the practice element yet, uh, because he, the only time he did was on Saturday. So it's so hard to say what he's doing, how he looks. But I'll say this. As far as the guys that were there, the teammates, the coaches, everybody was sold on what Aaron Rodgers did on Saturday. And there was a confidence that if he did play, he was going to be able to play well in that game Sunday. It's week to week. It's day to day. It's not a great, amazing headline, but it's the truth right now and the reality for the Packers as they press forward through September. All right. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.